Hello and welcome back to Podcasting is Praxis Season 2. Um, we're back. It's been a little while. It's been about uh, what, three weeks since we put anything out. Been a little while. Had a little holiday. Um, Christmas was good. Was your Christmas good, folks? Yeah, it was I, good. Yeah, it was lovely. Christmas was good. New Year's was a bit shit. Broke my car, broke my phone. Yeah. yeah. All, new, all New Year's was shit. Both for Powerball. Yeah, but still. yeah. Good stuff. Well, I'm David. You're here with Rob. Hello. And Jamie. All right. And one of the increasing roster of Jameses. There are probably four or five of us now. I'm the original one. We have too many of you lot. I was first. It's beginning to get factional now. I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So welcome back. It's, uh, it's, as I said, it's season two. Uh, it's definitely the, uh, the dark tam- timeline uh, that we've landed on, which is not quite what we were hoping for. But still... You say landed on. It's the one that we've like thought we were going to veer off of and then get promptly fucking re-railed. Yes. Um, and in the grim darkness of the future, there's not just politics, but there's also the royal family. Mm. About which... That's an indictment. Yeah. <laughs> they stick around. Um, well, or not in their case, but apparently two of them, <clears throat> the junior two, are hiving off to Canada, I think, to do other things. Yeah. And Harry and Meghan are fucking off to be financially independent which it's a bit fucking rich well aren't they already I thought he got like a couple million quid from Diana's estate and like she can't be poor because like she did uh, what's it uh, suits and other things for like years Diana so you mean Megan uh, yeah the only yeah, money yeah. coming for Diana is the tunnel insurance <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah they've um, they've fucked off because of fucking family drama um some of that's about nonsery, some of that's about racism, and kind of fair dues, in a way. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, it, obviously he's a member of the royal family and as such is a twat. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> but yeah. fair play to him for just taking his ball home in this instance, because, you know, like the press hounded his mother literally to her death, um, and he obviously doesn't want to see that for his wife, which is fair enough. Yeah, um, and I will say that, like the the sort of weird shitstorm this has touched off in the in the red tops is like, you know, Prince Andrew. It can credibly be said that he's been nonsing about for years and has been hanging around with nonsense even after they were convicted. And that was like a story for what twenty four hours, whereas this one has like <laughs> been dragging on for years. So it's nice to see the priorities of the well, yeah, of I the mean, British press. But, but it's, it's because mm. he's he's deliberately like told them to get fucked and if there's one thing the British press will not tolerate it's anyone like standing up to them yeah they just they just can't abide it at all like but um, but it has ignited an absolute shitstorm plenty of gammons are absolutely fucking re- mad red and nude online about it <laughs> um, and just the and it's just so predictable as well because they're all going oh yeah he's fucking off to Canada what's he going to do without his grandma's money and it's like I'm pretty sure he'll do all right for himself do you know what i mean yeah I think even, even if not for the fact that he's already rich i'm pretty sure he, he, he could just walk into literally any fucking job he wants and people would be happy to have him yeah you know like it's a pr coup to have a, an actual prince on the board of like fucking raytheon or some shit so <laughs> maybe you could do an uh, ukrainian gas company as well yeah yeah you know what i mean something like there's, there's plenty of opportunities for him 
Um, yeah. Apparently, his wife's just signed a deal with Disney, so oh, I've okay. heard they I've heard Everybody they pay pretty well. Right. Um, well, I mean, you know, good luck to them, and it's been it's been real to uh, see them to see the British press explode, and they may or may not make a return during comment or commentariat later on. Oh dear, good. <laughs> I can hardly contain myself. <laughs> um, uh, other than that, Australia's on fire, which has been good. Um, yeah, you're great. Yeah, loving it. Mate. I just can't <laughs> get my head around quite how on fire it is. It's. It's, it's insanely on fire. Yes, it's on lots of fire. Yeah, imagine the most fire you could ever possibly imagine, and you haven't even got close. It's between extremely and entirely on fire. Pretty yeah, much. and it's the 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 complete lack of any serious response to it is as predictable as it is depressing. Really, you know, it's like, oh yeah, the the whole country's on fire. Could this possibly be? I mean, it's long been predicted as, a, as a, the result of climate change. If you keep burning fossil fuels, if you keep denying the climate science, eventually your country will catch fire and then it actually happens and everyone's just like, oh no, it, was, it wasn't coal that did this, it was arsonists, it was it was the Greens. They went out and set the fires to prove themselves right. And it's yeah. like, yeah, all right, fuck off then. Do you know what I mean? Just, just carry on as you are. Just let your whole country catch fire. You know, you're all being literally driven into the fucking ocean by God's wrath, and you're just going to stand there and go, "Ah, this wasn't our fault. This is just—it's just weather." But if it's if it's God's wrath, that does lead to an interesting question because in Australia as well, the the um, the Labour Party just sort of lost the election. So does that mean that God is Labour? I, I mean, I, should probably, uh, I probably shouldn't have said God's wrath because if it was God's wrath, I'd be I'd be the first among people to just decide that he could get fucked. If he's got a problem, he can come <laughs> down here and, and and say it to our faces. I think he kind of is. You already did that, you know, just 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 in a larger way that you can't quite comprehend his speech. Yeah, well, that's that, um, that's not good enough. I want to speak to his fucking manager. <laughs> <laughs> just just for lips, twenty twenty. I've got onto that. Any good news for us, Rob? Sorry, yeah, I've got some really good news. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been following it, but um, France has essentially been entirely on strike for about uh, for for more than a month now. Uh, The public uh, public trains have been on strike. Teachers have been out on strike. Lawyers, like most of the country, has been out on strike. Uh, against the pension reforms that Macron's trying to push through, uh, which are shit, by the way. Just to give a brief overview, he wants to give everybody the exact same pension uh, instead of the different sort of categories they now have and make everybody work longer for less money. And because the French don't put up with that shit, they've been up uh, up and out on strike for, like I said, for over a month, and it's been very impressive and not covered at all in any of the papers uh, anywhere uh, not even in France, but they've. It seems like they've really uh, took a win this time because yesterday, I think yesterday, yeah, um, the French uh, pensions minister announced that they were rolling back any planned reforms. It's not. It's not been covered in the papers because they learned their fucking lesson last time. Yeah, like <clears throat> the the yellow jackets thing. That was. Um, I mean, it was a quite clever piece I don't know whether it was intentional but it was a quite a clever piece of branding and it just that sort of thing where it's like oh look yeah the people in high vis you know the the working class where high vis everyone likes the working class that sort of like media patronize they, they took it on as this sort of patronizing thing oh look at all these like gentlemen in the yellow vests oh look yeah, at them standing yeah, yeah. up for the rights it just sort of it it was laser it was you couldn't have designed a better narrative for the press to pick up on and they did pick up on it 
and everyone went, yeah, why, why, why do we put up with that kind of shit? And then they just went, okay, let's not mention that anymore. But yeah, it's been, I mean, it's been super impressive. Uh, and, you know, also, I think certainly in the coming five years, uh, a lesson to keep in mind that if you do show actual solidarity and if you, you know, you do what the French do, which is like if one union goes on strike, the other ones do tend to follow along. Um, you know, if you show solidarity, you can actually achieve victory. And I think that's been made illegal, secondary strikes in the UK. But, you know, fuck that. Yes, maybe. yeah, there's no, no no sympathy strikes for a long-ass time. Um, but yeah, Praxis gets results. Um, so we sort of thought tonight that we would talk about uh, two main stories. Uh, the first being uh, the impending World War Three in uh, Iran and Iraq, which I'm sure kept most of us up, at least for some of the night last week. Um, and then mm. uh, the Labour leadership, which is shaping up to be interesting, to put it that way. Uh, That's a wild yeah. Yeah. Uh, so first off, Iran. Um, you know, I think we should hold a minute silence for Qasem Soleimani, uh, who was <coughs> our Excuse good me. comrade. <laughs> Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show, exactly. Long time listener, first time caller. Thought of drones and died. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, not yet. So he was... He killed by well, he wasn't killed by. He was assassinated, which I think is really the term that we have to use uh, right at the beginning of the year, uh, which I'm sure gave all of us sort of a, a, a nice heads up of what the coming centuries, the coming decades, going to look like. Um, and he was killed by the United States uh, by a drone while he was en route to Baghdad airport. So not only did we kill a foreign diplomat, we killed him uh, in what is supposed to be a friendly country. Okay, um, you're underselling that. Uh, he was in he was in Iraq to deliver Iran's response to uh, negotiations that the uh, they started with the Saudi Arabians at America's behest. Yeah. So um, America basically like you know, or can can we have like a can we negotiate some kind of peace here, some kind of deal to to reduce tensions in the region? And then while he was responding to that, they drone strike them. Smooth. Yeah, making the special yeah. relationship once again even more special. Um, what uh, what I thought was as I mean as as is to be expected, but it's it's really interesting to see it sort of laid out barefaced in front of you. Is that you know I think most of the world had never heard of this guy Qasem Soleimani. Like I think it's fair to say that if you live in Western yeah. Europe, like you don't know who this guy is. And all of a sudden, twenty four hours later, everybody has an opinion. Everything, everyone oh, thinks even, that he's a terrorist mastermind that has to die. It wasn't even twenty. Wasn't even twenty four hours. It was like twenty four minutes after he yeah. after he died. Like people were going, oh, but he was the, the world's most evil man. Yeah, it's and like, it's this like, guy well, oh, he's, he's literally never heard of. If you thought if you thought he was evil for that long, name three of his atrocities. Yeah. Fucking hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and. The Americans just really, really um, uh, just proved like incredible normal country energy coming off them at all times throughout this affair. Um, mm. They killed him with a drone strike and then like 10, 15 minutes, I don't know, some, some amount of time after that, they hit the site with a second missile. Oh really? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that. it's apparently it's apparently their standard practice when they're assassinating like Al Qaeda or whoever. Yeah, yeah they'll, yeah. they'll do the drone strike, wait for like people to go in and try and like recover the bodies and then hit them again. And oh, good. so intentionally killing rescuers and <clears throat> yes. medical staff. Yeah. 
Isn't that yeah, generally, that's, that, you know, war crime? I mean, it's, it's, it's a war crime. crime but it's you... a war crime, but like, you know, that's America's just, war crimes are America's like special ability at this point. Yeah, and you also I mean? if you just classify everybody who drives an ambulance as an enemy combatant, which is what we've been doing in that region for the last 20 years, then you can kill whoever you like. It's amazing what happens if you just put your fingers in your ear and just pretend the Hague doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Look at the results that can get you. Well, not only does yeah. it not exist, I think the, the, the Mike Pence, the US Vice President, said something along the lines of like, you know, not only will we not go to the Hague, but if anybody tries to make us, like we will invade the Netherlands. Oh, that's actually that's actually law. Yeah, yeah, that is law. Isn't yeah, it? That, that's a law they passed in like two thousand and two or something. Yeah, it's a very normal normal country. Um, but yeah. like, I mean, again, most people have never heard of him, and I I remember reading something about him uh, years ago. But I read a there was a really good profile of him uh, in the New Yorker a couple of years back, which we'll put in the show notes. Um, but he like this guy is you know. Pretty much, if you're Iranian, like, and I don't know, how, you know, I'm assuming all of you saw those those videos of the masses of people who are out on the streets uh, for his oh, funeral. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, way more people than you would get for a renter mob. Like, these are, you know, these people really mourn him. And, you know, if you read his bio and, and what he's done, like, you know, he probably deserves to be to be mourned. And I was looking around for, like, a, um, a comparison uh, in, in sort of British terms, and it was kind of hard to figure it out but i think the best one that i could come up with is like imagine if the uh, if the soviets had blown up uh, um field marshal montgomery in 1947 i think that is the best mm. sort of comparison i can draw imagine if like the tabloids had chased a princess into a tunnel and killed her yeah yeah no exactly that sort it's of thing that, yeah 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 no that's that's uh that's genuinely a fair comparison because this, I mean, he was genuinely really an impressive guy. Um, I mean, he, he did come to prominence during the Iran-Iraq war. And, like, you can't really understand Iran um, if you don't understand, like, the Iran-Iraq war and that the US and the UK and everybody else was helping Saddam uh, fight the Iranians. And the Iranians mm. l- just threw literally human wave attacks at people. So hundreds of thousands of people were killed in that conflict. Um Saddam Hussein again with US support and I'm entirely sure was saying with either British cooperation or tacit permission uh, used chemical weapons in that war but this guy not only thrived but like he he did very well he scouted really deep behind um enemy lines uh, he was like he was very impressive like he went in as a as essentially as a recruit and came out as a battalion commander or something so he was genuinely Oof. you know that's that's not easy. After that, he becomes co- commander of what's the known as the Quds Force, Q-U-D-S, which is essentially like Iran's um, foreign operations, clandestine operations uh, section. So it's like a weird combination of MI5, MI6, but um, if they were also in charge of the SAS, essentially. Um, he- it's kind of like if the CIA did stuff that you would reasonably expect an intelligence service to do and not like ridiculous clown pranks like yeah, what if we what if we gave Castro an exploding cigar and that sort of thing <laughs> yeah he was essentially like uh, um, he was a competent version of the CIA is probably a, a good way of, of pointing I mean I, I don't know that you uh, like I, I specifically avoided the word competent because it's like that it kind of implies the CIA don't have a long 
trail of bodies in their wake. You oh, know, yeah. they've they've <laughs> been incredibly competent at fucking up South America. Um, it's just their 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 tendency to to do things like what if we painted a fake tunnel on this wall? Would <laughs> Fidel Castro run into it at speed? That sort of thing that that they deserve mockery for. Um, yeah, but after that, he is so he becomes commander of the Quds Force. Um, he does a huge amount to strengthen uh, Hezbollah in in Lebanon, and then essentially goes on to fight the to to save the Assad regime uh, together with the Russians during the Syrian civil war. And then, like his latest actions have, like he's essentially overseen uh, the Shia militias and the Kurdish forces in Iraq. And essentially, like if you're asking who beat ISIS. It's this guy with some American uh, fighter support. Like he was incredibly important to the Middle East. He was, uh, you know, it, I could I understand if you look at it from an Iranian perspective. I understand, I, you know, I think if I was Iranian, I would be out on the street too, mourning this guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it it must be it must be incredibly upsetting for him to have like avoided all like avoided that big pile of ball bearings painted to look like bird seed and then get hit with a drone strike. <laughs> yeah so i mean it's been i mean he was a very impressive guy and we you know the u.s and i'm you know we'll get to the uk's involvement or non-involvement in this in a bit but yeah he's been hugely impressive um and of course the iranians didn't sit back and and take it um they they struck a couple of u.s bases with missiles um, but essentially they didn't hit anybody and that was by design they let the uh, Iraqis and by extension therefore the Americans know what bases they were going to hit in an hour so everybody could get their personnel out um, so it's it's you know, that was very tactical and that was very well done and I gotta say especially with the current dementing you know, clown shoe in the Oval Office I was extremely happy that this was not the start of World War 3 because there was 24 hours where I thought this is it now yeah, but I mean, sooner or later, an ice cream van was going to drive past the White House, and then that would be the end of it, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? It'd completely distract the, the fucking. Somebody would jangle yeah. his keys in front of his face, and or like, yeah, like they let him have keys. <laughs> yeah, he would probably try to eat them like Legos or something like that. Um. But yeah, unfortunately, Iran also uh, admitted that they shot down uh, a Ukrainian airliner, mainly filled with, I think it's Canadians and some UK citizens. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah which they've admitted they, to now. Yeah, they said that was um, the mistake of one person, um, presumably the opposite of all those times during the Cold War when like, the computer said there was a missile coming and, and one guy decided not to destroy the world and was yeah. proven right. This is like the inverse of that, where the computer says there's an airliner taken off and someone assumes it must be a missile incoming. Yeah. And there were some stories which I, I'm willing to credit is that the Iranians, because of how close the US fighters were and how much they didn't want to start World War Three, that they had like shut down their advanced military radars that could have told them this was an airliner and not um, a fighter jet. Yeah. So, could be. But yeah, it's. It, I mean, it has been pretty impressive, actually, that the Iranians actually apologise. Is that something? The uh, the only shoot down of uh, civilian aircraft in the last few decades. It's just the only one no. where they owned up to it within three days. Yeah, exactly. As compared to <laughs> Russia, who still says no, that wasn't us. He was just using uh, wearing Russian uniforms and using Russian equipment, but he wasn't Russian. 
and the US who say, yeah. who effectively say, uh, well, your plane shouldn't have flown into our missile then. Yeah, then the US got blew up an Iranian airliner in, I think, the 1980s yeah. as well. That's the one. Yeah. But in, in America's defense, it was a very expensive, very nice missile. <laughs> yeah, not only was it an Iranian airliner, the airliner was in Iranian airspace, had just taken off from an Iranian airport, and the ship that shot the missile was in uranium water. Why am I saying uranium? I just assumed I just assumed you were having a stroke or something. Anyway, we're nearly thirty years later, and they still haven't actually apologized for it. I mean, and you know, let's let's get the first things correct, which is like none of this needed to have happened at all if the West had just not invaded Iraq twice over and not stayed and not made a giant mess of things. You know, like this is this was entirely avoidable and entirely. Uh, you know the people say now iran is the bad guy again it's like people have no sense of history and no sense of of push and pull and it's it's been yet another case of just atrocious not learning of any history um nato first you know the the, the fucking nato the secretary general also said something like oh it's very important that you know iran stops being the aggressor it's just like in my mind, they're not. They are just doing what everybody should, which is just self-defense. Yeah, I mean, what you say there about America shouldn't have gone into Iraq and, and stayed there for two decades, but America can't admit defeat. That's no. that's their great problem. Like they, they lost Vietnam because they were physically ejected from the country. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's that footage of the, like, everyone trying to get on the last helicopter. And oh, yeah, yeah, the famous they, photo. They it's like on. Yeah, and it's like if... if if that hadn't happened, if they just, you know, had all their forces destroyed, did st- but not actually physically been chased out of the country, they would still be there to this day trying to win that war. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they physically got ejected from Vietnam and were just like, well, we'll call it a draw. Okay, lads. But like Iraq and Afghanistan, there's, they, you know what I mean? Like they just, they'll just grind on forever because yeah. like the, the, the Americans aren't physically going to be like forced from that country and they're not going to cut their losses because that would admit that that would have to involve them admitting they have losses. Well, we were we were chatting about this earlier online and and I think after World War Two, I think and, and you know, like Granada and stuff. But honestly, I'm not counting that because that's just, you know, that, that that doesn't rate to me. But like the U.S. and has not really won a military conflict against like a reasonably competent opponent, apart from the Gulf War since World War Two, right? Because like the Koreans fought them to a standstill and then won with the help of the Chinese. The Vietnamese definitely beat them. You know, Sarajevo, the U.S., you know, the 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 Balkan Wars, you can is very questionable to me. But like they haven't won anything, have they? No, not really. I mean, unlike our glorious victory in the Falklands, the Americans, the American military is um, is generally just. Uh, I mean, fittingly for a nation of their absolute fucking like clown nature, the American military is a circus. I mean, have you heard about that? Um, I can't remember what they, that war game they did in two thousand and two. Yes, ah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, the Millennium, the Millennium Games was it? Yeah. yeah. Where they they basically go right, so they they pattern the the red team after Iran unofficially, um, and it's like okay, so they'll plan their attack, and and the blue team, the Americans, have to defend against it, and they put some lieutenant in charge of the red team, and he immediately goes off script, 
um, and uses like, so instead of, he, he turns off all his radars so they can't detect his ships. He doesn't send any messages by radio. Instead, he uses like motorcycle couriers and stuff. The blue team send out an ultimatum that they've got 24 hours to surrender, otherwise they'll destroy them. Uh, the red team, knowing that they have 24 hours, scout the location of like, the blue team's fleet and then launch all of their cruise missiles at the same time and completely obliterate it. And what's left is suicide bombed by small boats. So they've essentially, on day one, they've essentially won the game yeah, completely. Yeah, wiped out the US fleet. Um, so at which point they halt the game um, on the on the grounds that if you it's meant to be a 14-day exercise, and if it ends in the first day, they won't <laughs> learn anything. So they halt the game. They then tell the guy in charge of the red team they're starting over and this time he has to follow a, a script that they've given him and he's not allowed to do anything that isn't on the script and he resigns yeah he actually he, like, he has to sort of bumble around and and sort of wave his <coughs> wave his hands around saying i am going here please shoot me yeah yeah and he so he resigns on the grounds that if he has to do if he just does what they've told him to do they all he'll all he'll be doing is proving that they're like um their dogma is correct and they won't actually learn anything which is meant to be the point of the exercise so he resigns and they put someone in charge who follows the script and then wouldn't you know the blue team wins and america's like military yeah well america's military wisdom is proven to be correct (laughs) and and then they go off and they win iraq and afghanistan in short order and everything and everything was great forever after yeah um, of course, the British involvement in this thing was just uh, screwed up from beginning to end because either I can't remember if, if like they told the UK beforehand that they were going to do this assassination, yes or no. But essentially, Dominic Raab, I can't fucking <sighs> Foreign Secretary Dominic fucking Raab, uh, <laughs> just uh, just comes out and says, "No, actually, it's cool, and we really support the the US in this." Because he has to, because if they're going to have to do a trade deal with the US, they're th- going to have to lick boot all the way. Um, I think it's been it's been claimed, though I can't remember when and by who, but I, I think I saw someone claim that, that Dominic Rabb was told ahead of time. I can, um, I can believe that, yeah. But, I mean... Would that have mattered? Because I, I was just, I was just about to be aware of it if he was told. I was just about to say, like, I mean, if if the Americans tell Dominic Rab something and there aren't any adults in the room to write it down for him, has it really happened? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I mean, just oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then <laughs> hilariously, the the uh, showing you know the mighty power of the British Empire and the Commonwealth. Uh, the Iranians arrested the UK ambassador because yeah. That's totally a normal thing to do. It is. I mean, the thing is, the Iranians, the Iranians hate us, um, and with good cause because we've got a long history of like fucking things up in in their country and and their region, um, on our own and at the behest of the Americans. Um, yeah. and it's just it's just a fucking fiasco, really, isn't it? I mean, obviously, like. And I don't want to paint it as though the Iranians are without fault because no, they, like, yeah, of course they get up, they get up to plenty of shit on their own as well, like that that we could take issue with. But we, historically, we just don't have um, a good relationship with them. And I mean, our prime minister doesn't have a great relationship of, of dealing with Iran because um, there's that woman in prison 
in Iran uh, yeah, uh, for spying. And N- Najim f- Radcliffe. I can't remember her name. Sorry. <clears throat> Zagari Radcliffe. Zagari Radcliffe. Yeah, and and didn't didn't Joris Bonson fuck something up by not by claiming like he said something that implied that they that she might have been there spying or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, he effectively like I think they were literally about to release her, and then he sort of implied spying, and now there's she's, she's still in prison, which is just awful and. You know, like, for me on a more personal level, uh, was years ago now, but I've been to Iran uh, once for 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 almost a week, and they are genuinely some of like the everybody I met there, from like the the taxi drivers to um, you know to the guys in restaurants to the hotel, I, some of the genuinely nicest, warmest, open, loveliest people I have met in any foreign country ever, and oh, why I'm, I'm, we sort of insist that these people you know are hideous theocratic enemies of ours whereas we embrace saudi arabia is is beyond me well it's It's racism it's money and racism yeah i mean yeah i mean i used i used to work for um i used to work for an iranian bloke and he was the like soundest boss i ever had really you know what i mean he was he was great yeah um certainly better than any any british boss i've ever had like yeah, I say that much with, without anything. But again, I mean, when you're talking about wars and and atrocities and so on, you're not really talking about when you when you say Iran has done this, you're not really talking about the people of Iran, are you? No, no. You're talking about like the the people in charge. Um, yeah, which is a point a point I think the the Iranians themselves made last week. Um, with the stuff where they, they they were saying, you know, when when they when they say death to America, they don't mean. The American people, they mean like Donald Trump and Mike yeah, Pence. The, the foreign and, policy establishment. <clears throat> yeah, all the fucking ghouls that like fire the missiles, that sort of thing. Which is yeah. fair enough really, and that you can't you can't really argue with that. Yeah. No, no, I mean it's it, honestly that's that's perfectly fair and, and that's that's um It's a more it's a more sort of moral and grown-up approach than you would get from, like, say, you know, Donald Trump or Mike Pence or any of those ghouls that fire the missiles. Yeah. Like, when they say when they say death to Iran, they definitely fucking mean the people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and speaking of, of, of death, um, shall we move on to the Labour leadership? Yeah. Yes, Why let's. Not? We're going to go back to our <clears throat> to the home turf. Yeah. So the home turf. Please, <laughs> <laughs> please not have a turf in the leadership. Thank you. Oh well, I'll do it too late. Um, so yeah, um, as a recap on election night when it was quite clear it wasn't going to go our way, uh, Jeremy Corbyn announced that he would be standing down to make way for a new leader, and obviously the start of the election period, Tom Watson had already stood down from deputy. So this leaves both slots up for grabs. Um, so Tom Watson must be kicking himself for not staying in, in post. No, like I he mean, could have he, kept that slot. Nah, he jumped ship to, to get on the pundit circuit, so yeah. I think he'll be all right. Yeah. Be, besides yeah, he, which... He quit to spend more time with his PlayStation. No, no, no. Besides he was, was going to become a, a personal trainer and only do positivity. And then he did I that think, giant um, bootleg interview in The Guardian. And then five minutes later, he was back on the tally slagging off everybody, uh, you know, to the left of the Kaiser, essentially. Yeah, I think Tom Watson, um, for all his faults, and, you know, he is all faults, 
I think you, mm-hmm. you can't deny that he he has some wits about him. He's not like some of these dipshits that you you know what I mean. He's not like certain yeah. people who've spent the last like four years sticking the knife in Jeremy Corbyn's back and being lauded by the press. He at least has the the self awareness to realise that even like when all like whether whatever the outcome of that election was, he was his time was finished. If like if Labour won, then he's fucked because like who's gonna try, who wants him to be deputy leader? Do you know what I mean? Who's gonna yeah, keep yeah. him on as deputy leader if if Corbyn wins a majority, and if Corbyn loses, and the Tories get a majority? Well, then Tom Watson's outlived his usefulness, hasn't he? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like Tom Watson's mm-hmm. role as deputy leader was to leak things to the press and be a reliable labor source that you could call upon to stick the knife in, stick the boot into Jeremy Corbyn. And now if Corbyn's gone, well, then, you know, the, the Murdoch press don't need him anymore, do they? So he jumped before he was like obsolete. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, man. But it's been, so we have the labor leadership now and it's just been, um, so who's who's in the running? So yeah, standing we've got we've got um, Lisa Nandos. Yeah, we've got Lisa Nandos um, <laughs> who wants a, a chicken in every town. Um, <laughs> there's Emily Thornberry, who has been, mm. I mean, purely my opinion, but has been carefully towing the line, knowing that this moment would eventually happen. Um, I don't think she's really all that left. I don't think. I don't I, think. I don't think she's going to she make would. the nominations, is she? No, she had like two, two or something last time. By the I time saw. we're recording this, yeah, she's not doing well at all. Yeah, I think she's got four or seven out of the twenty-two she needs. Mm. She, has she did. She did. Ten yeah. as she as did as put a hat into the ring, though. So she's got ten now. Uh, according oh. to the BBC article in front of me, yeah, ten. She's got to get cool. another right. twelve before Monday afternoon. Um, is in tomorrow or the 20th? Tomorrow. No, tomorrow. Oh, excellent. Good stuff. Um, there's Clive Lewis. He has four. Who has, yeah, but he's also got a fucking chronic foot and mouth syndrome. Um, yeah. Every single time he has to say something, he has to then clarify it later on. Yeah, Clive, a few other Clive, Lewis, him. Clive Lewis has been making some noises towards actually all that stuff I did in the past just ignore that please just kind of like you know I didn't really mean it No, you know I wasn't didn't. I wasn't really trying to be transphobic I wasn't really trying to like discredit the Me Too movement and oh, so I on mean, but with, with the trans thing he did come out uh, earlier this week with uh, with like a, a what at least I thought was a reasonably serious mea culpa and said I'm sorry I wasn't sensitive to to, pe- to trans issues he did and I- he did my issue with all this is he's waited until he's running yeah. for leader to do this and it's just I don't know how much I can really buy that kind of stuff yeah, if, I that, mean, if, if like, that was going to be such an issue I, that's I'm sure I, he got pulled up for it at the time that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying he, he's, he's made some noises towards you know like oh, all that other stuff all that bad stuff I did I didn't really mean it I'm sorry for it yeah. but like he had to be had to be pushed into doing that he would, yeah. I think he would quite happily have just sailed through into like the Labour leadership election without, without ever bringing it up if he thought yeah. if he thought he could get away with it yeah yeah We've got the current frontrunner um, with nominations, not in any other way as a frontrunner, is Keir Starmer. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's there's Sir Keir Starmer. Mm, uh, Sir Keir Starmer, of course, yeah. because we must lick the boot. Archduke, um, Archduke Franz Starmer or can- something. <laughs> you can't see me, but I am tugging my forelock right now. I, I We've got- don't know what that is. <laughs> don't ask. You don't want to know. <laughs> We've got Jess 
I, me, Phillips. Oh. Yeah, and we've got Rebecca Long Bailey, who is is generally a good egg. Now, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come out with like you know fucking the pod supports so much, but Long Bailey's some kind of weirdo who enjoys watching Netflix. And With, she does and she lives in a house she lives in a yeah. house how dare she live in a house fucking monster she enjoys she enjoys yeah. watching Netflix while having a takeaway I mean she might as well be from fucking space yeah, who does that weird <laughs> behaviour that I know who I've does never that? watched television it's, it's, it's been an interesting one watching the press kind of struggle to really do anything to really attack her yeah I mean she's had some weird moves where she keeps talking about patriotic nationalism or progressive patriotism or was it again which I don't get and kind of find hideous, but you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's there's issues with there's there's issues with every one of them, um, and it's not to say that there wasn't issues with Corbyn because there was, and it was one of the things that was hit out at was the fact that he's a bit too, a bit too forgiving of people. Yeah. Um, and he will share platforms with people who just it's not going to look good, and it's going to look like an endorsement of certain people, and. Yeah, some of that is a lot of that is just the media fucking blowing shit out of proportion. But some of it was a bit, uh, um, the same with um, like uh, John McDonnell as well. There was a lot of people who had quite a lot of issues about some of the company that he kept, who turned out to be quite turfy. Not that he ever was. I mean, we never we never seemed to get anything of that from him directly. But it just the just the company, the kind of old left company that he kept. Um, and as much as you know, I, I don't want to say it's a product of their time, but these are people that they have known for a long time and have trusted. And maybe these issues haven't come up before now, and it's only became kind of a recent thing that you know it's actually been their opinions might matter, or whatever. But either way, still not, still not great. Um, and we'd rather avoid such things. And let's face it, the the, the turf options are are present. Um, Jess Phillips yes. has had some pretty fucking sus things to say um, I can't say I've heard anything about any of the rest of them in that specific regard um, like I know Keir Starmer's probably going to be a bit hard on the old controls and immigration um, Thornberry probably would tack that direction as well so I mean ugh. Keir Starmer used to be director of public prosecutions yeah yes. is that what it was and that's I mean that in itself is kind of a like a, just a job for reactionary shitheads, isn't it? So chief cop, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my bigger problem with him is like he he's making a lot of like you know we can't go back to privatization, we can't go back to ninety seven, but then like his staff is being filled by with labor labor first and all these other sort of right wing labor ghouls that I want absolutely no part of, and that I know that when they are given, he's very much. Yeah, he's very much an Ed Miliband in that, and I don't mean current, present day. Um, I mean, I, I would, ship. I would characterise that as a huge slam on Ed Miliband out of nowhere. Well, yeah, not not current shit post Ed Miliband. Current shit post Ed Miliband's it's actually good largely quite good. Yeah. Um, however, no, I get what you he mean. Is a little like, bit yeah. on the, he's in the realms of twenty fifteen. Ed Miliband, who is surrounded by people who will tell him what to do, he's and he will probably um, listen to them. He's the Labour unity candidate, isn't he? Yeah, we can much, bring, yeah, we can bring all the... sides together and and put controls on immigration on a mug. Yes. Yeah. In stone. I mean, the thing is as well, like the, a big thing everyone's like obsessed with for the, this leadership uh, election is like baggage. 
it's like, oh, mm. uh, you know, Corbyn was just such an easy target. Like, you know, because all the stuff about Corbyn, as we know, was entirely true and founded in the real world. Um, you know, like, so the, the, the fact that he was planning to, like, have everyone gassed after he won the election and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and so, you know, whoever gets, whoever gets, becomes leader, they're going to get a ton of shit thrown at them, whether it's grounded or not. But yeah. in the, like, people go, oh, well, Starmer, he's he's sensible and electable. He won't have any of the baggage Corbyn had. And it's like, yeah, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? He, mm. when he was director of, of prosecutions or whatever, he was, he, like, said the benefit cheats should get, like, a minimum 10-year sentence, I think it was, yeah. or something, wasn't it? And, um, I mean, isn't, it, isn't and, it, like, benefit cheating something like 0.03% of everybody on benefits or something like that? Oh, it's minute. The amount of money we lose every year to, to benefit fraud is minuscule. Um, yes, compared even to compared, Even compared to, like, errors and stuff before you even get into, like, tax evasion and things like that. It's less than so, the amount yeah, they actually like, spend on trying to combat it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But I mean that's that's obviously like, you know, the left are gonna hate him for that and rightly so. But then the right are gonna hate him because he he didn't prosecute um there was that guy in the the taxi driver in London who was like Britain's supposedly one of Britain's most prolific rapists or something like that. Um and they 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 done him for one or a small a small number of like his, his offences they'd actually put him in jail for, and Starmer refused to prosecute him for the rest of the offences. Um, so he doesn't even have the whole like tough on crime thing. And then it turns out one of the victims that he for for one of the of one of the cases he didn't prosecute is Boris Johnson's girlfriend. So you know for a fact that like he's going to get like absolutely fucking a night like you know what I mean. The press will hold off on him for now, but the second he gets like no, they've leader, already started. Gonna absolutely- no, 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 they've already started. There was a big piece oh, in the Daily already? Mail today about how Sir Keir is actually really fancy and uh, you know doesn't understand the lives of common Britons essentially, and it's this insane thing. It's one of the things that drives me absolutely just berserk. Is this idiotic notion that's being peddled by? All the melts. It's just like, well, if we just get someone from like the center right of the Labour Party, then the press will be nice to them. It's like, no, they yeah, they, you'll they get won't, destroyed like. anyway. It doesn't matter. Like you're trying to please the tentacle monster. Yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's a fucking. It's not going to work. That whole that whole story involving fucking Boris's partner is absolutely going to be that is it's a trap sitting waiting there. Anyone who doesn't want him. Or doesn't want Labour to win will support him because they know that's in the bag. I mean, aside um, aside from it, he's the bad faith candidate. Aside from it, yeah, and aside from it being like a, a a good line of attack that they're just waiting to spring. There's also the fact that like you know not prosecuting rapes is kind of a shit thing to do. Yeah, oh yeah, just a little bit, so, just a little. Yeah. Anyway, I, I believe we have an article to read. Yeah, so I mean, we're not the only ones with opinions on the, the Labour leadership we're candidates. That we were. Um, yeah, if only, what a great world that would fucking be. So, um, Polly Toynbee, friend this of the is a show. Great start to your article. It's, yeah, it's, it's really doing. Um, she she's had an article in the Guardian, and this is going to hurt Rob. To I again. I fucking I just this. The sound of just whining post-middle-aged awful people who just, like, who can't do anything, can't stand for anything, and just want to sit on 
harp on the sidelines and at dinner parties. Like this, it's like nails on a chalkboard. This woman writing. Can you tell us what you really think? Just mm. Mm. well, you say you say Polly Toynbee can't stand for anything, but didn't she actually stand for election at some point? She did, and then she yeah, got, she did. Uh, yeah, she got absolutely wiped. Right. Before there's any talk of winning elections, for five long years, the country will need the Boris Johnson government to face a rapier-sharp opposition. Fair enough. A fearsome defender of rights at risk and a forensic exposer of shams and dishonesties. This boastful Prime Minister for everyone will need puncturing with his fanciful New Year promises of a fantastic year and a remarkable decade of prosperity and opportunity. Now, everybody who just heard gun. this first paragraph should already know who's... Whose pick Polly's is? She's going to pretend oh, for yeah, the rest of yeah. this goddamn article that it's you know, oh Labour just needs a good new PM now. Fucking watch her. The starting gun is fired by Labour's ruling National Executive Committee, the NEC. We have an appealing showcase of much of the best of Labour. MPs of conviction, seriousness, good sense, <laughs> and likability. <laughs> Does, does that line include Jess Phillips and Lisa Nandy and like just almost certainly oh. um, to a certain type of person the casual observer will find the candidate saying much the same time to learn lessons listen to the lost voters change without losing labour values all done in a show of apparent unity mm. a glance at Twitter shows the party has been split Raleigh exposed in the failed 2016 coup against Corbyn Left versus right, leave versus remain, momentum versus ordinary members, backroom fixers versus the rest. Jesus. But the shock of the... Christ! <laughs> like, this is... But the sh- this is just like... This is dialectics for people who fucking threw themselves headfirst out of the first story window. It's like the raw exposition. Left versus right. Yes. Leave versus remain. Yes. Momentum versus ordinary members. As if you cannot be an ordinary member of the Labour Party and go to a momentum rally and then backroom... You cannot have a momentum-led, oh, the the masses are in charge and the backroom fixes. It's just... This drives me insane. Sorry, do go on. Alistair would handle this better than you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the shock of the election may have delivered the party a salutary dose of electroconvulsive therapy. Okay. Mm. Okay, so we're saying electric medical therapy there. We're saying electric shocks are a good thing, are we? Okay. Yeah, yeah. YouGov's poll of members. YouGov. I'm going to say electric shocks for Polly Toynbee would be a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) YouGov's poll of members astounded many by having Keir Starmer beaten Rebecca Long Bailey by 61 to 39%. Assuming a runoff between the two, unexpected unity is suddenly within grasp. Mm. But how? One, YouGov. Two, the key word there was YouGov. Yeah, one, YouGov. Two, it's not a runoff between the two. It's not a runoff, yep. and it's not like the unexpected unity. If I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if Becky Long Bailey wins this thing, you will see Polly Toynbee say she's terrible. You know, unexpected unity, no, because we already can c- tell you from right now to the end of this thing what everybody's dumb reactions are going to be. What unexpected yeah, unity? Because the unity. implied position here is it can only be unity under Keir Starmer. Yeah, well, yeah, unity for melts means everyone agreeing with them. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's what. Because remember, it's the it's the job of the left to um, you know just bite our tongues and just support Labour um, when there's a an absolute fucking slog in charge of it. Yeah. Or, or or don't. Do you know what I mean? Like they all they all pine for the days of of Blair when the Tories had fucked it so badly that a lot of, and 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 Blair was giving everyone Tory light that he could win elections. That's all they want really is to just have a sensible adult in charge it doesn't matter that if we if we we are like doing a bunch of right-wing policies as long as a sensible adult is in charge and they can like say at dinner parties that they voted for that sensible adult and not have people go you've tory cunt do you know yeah. what i mean that's what yeah. they miss basically is being able to vote for a tory without the shame yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah just right. all right until that poll many proclaimed the new leader must be a northern woman definitely no londoner True, it's high time Labour had a female leader, but gender doesn't trump every other desirable quality. Nicola Sturgeon and Margaret Thatcher did their parties proud, but not Theresa May or Joe Swinson. Oh, come on. Northern- Joe jo Swinson did a, a, a party proud. Remember? She definitely did, yes. Re- you know, remember when Polly was praising Joe Swinson for being the new sensible leader and that it was all going to be great? She was pro-Remain and that was all going to be good. Like, remember no, that? No, it doesn't matter. That's what the memory holds for. Yeah, Polly Toynbee's like an opinion shark. She just never stops moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus just... Boris Johnson, demolisher of the Red Wall, had barely ventured north of Slough where he was educated, more at home in Mystique than Middlesbrough. That's probably... Uh, the fuck well, it, how the fuck is at home in Middlesbrough? It's just... Uh, it's just such poor writing as well. It's just... Uh, yeah, it's the Guardian. While Labour candidates compete for the inverted snobbery of the Born in a Shoebox prize, most have good working-class upbringings. So what? Johnson's silver spoon hindered him not a jot. The lesson is that he appealed to every class and sector, slightly more to C2Ds than ABC1s. It's not where the leader comes from, but what they seem to stand for in the public imagination. But this is like one of these... well, it's okay because she addresses that point immediately after. The public can be badly wrong. Oh, okay, thanks, but winning requires, yeah, but winning requires nationwide success, not narrow segmentation targeting particular voters. Lisa Nandy's in- plea for northern no, towns. Just, the last election proved one thing: is that you narrow cast to specific bands of particularly northern leap. Leave wanting Labour voters, you can win because this is an idiotic first past the post system! Hmm. You okay there, Rob? <sighs> Just. <sighs> Sorry, Dave, go on. Lisa Nandy's plea for northern towns is full of excellent local campaigning plans, but a countrywide vision is what wins. Or in Johnson's case, a better feint at a vision than the other party. It may take finely tuned ears to spot the subtle nuances between candidates' messages. Or indeed in Polly Toynbee articles. <laughs> so take the advice of Herbert Morrison, Peter Mandelson's grandfather. Don't tell me what's in the motion, lad. Just tell me who's backing it. Look behind <sighs> the candidates to see the promoters. And Phillips has captured those on the right who, like her, have, have been most fearless in speaking out truthfully against Corbyn when electoral disaster beckoned. Neil Coyle... Wes Streeting, Margaret Hodge. Yeah, Woo-hoo. you remember Margaret Hodge when the Finchy fearlessly abstained on the welfare bill. Yeah, I mean, just just note there though. Like, I mean, you need to you need to look at you know who's backing them. And well, I mean, just 
reminder of what we said about 15 minutes ago about Keir Starmer. Yeah. And who's backing him. Yeah. Nothing about Long Bailey's pitch as set out in these pages marks her out as especially far left with her talk of progressive patriotism and no mention of socialism. An impeccable working class girl made good who became a solicitor by her own efforts. And now watch this Netflix and eat takeaway. <laughs> Long Bailey's problem is her history and her supporters. When hoisted <sighs> into her seat with the aid of Len McCluskey's Unite Union in 2015, she immediately joined the 36 Corbyn nominators. She was rewarded with rapid promotion to the Shadow Cabinet, where Corbyn and McDonnell both pushed her as heir apparent. Now, that's not true for one. It was supposed to be Pidcock. Well, the, well, no, there's been different people have had different ideas about this. McDonnell has been pushing Long Bailey quite a lot, um, to the point where she's been away in a couple of leadership courses over the last couple of years. Um, this has been the kind of probably longer game, eventually. The hope, obviously, was to win the election, and then the two of them would probably stand down after a term, and she would then try and go for the leadership at that point. Um, however... She was rewarded with rapid promotion to the Shadow Cabinet. There was no one fucking left to take jobs in the Shadow Cabinet, for fuck's sake. Yeah, because all the cowards had bombed off because they thought they were going to chuck Corbyn out. Yeah, and that's not a slight against against Long Bailey at all because no 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 let's let's face it um as much as there was no choice um it turned out to be a good thing because she's done well in her um her position and I, and I I love this contrast as well it's like you know Jess Phillips's supporters are fearless and speaking truth or including you know Coyle West Streeting and Margaret Hodge who West are Street. good for mad fucking reasons uh, West Streeting's the MP for McDonald's isn't he yeah 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 Whereas Len McCluskey and in you know coming up, of course, John Landsman are bad. Why are they bad? Mm. Well, they they they're bad. Yeah, I well, mean the whole thing about being rewarded with the shadow cabinet position kind of implies that the shadow cabinet wasn't like didn't have melts in it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Corbyn was not a man who like only backed his like only favoured his loyalist supporters or anything, was he? He, he was. To his detriment, it was, was, it was, was a about, much like, bigger enabler of a broad church than Tony Blair ever was. Yeah. Yeah. So, with a seat on the NEC, she has voiced no objections to a series of inside fixes, not even protesting during the anti Semitism row. She voted to back John Landsman's failed drive by shooting attempt to abolish Tom Watson's post. Though respected <sighs> for developing the excellent Green New Deal, but we'll skip over that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and though personally well liked, that silent obedience in the face of backroom skullduggery will drag her down, as will the names of those promoting her, landsmen especially. Unlike the face of backroom skullduggery when most of the PLP tried to evict Corbyn, because that was fine, you know. And also, yeah. I like the hint, the oaky notes of anti Semitism where landsmen and backroom skullduggery are concerned. Yeah, yeah, some fucking top dog whistle shit there. At each outing, it gets clearer why Starmer is so far the members' favourite. Oh, Leadership, the members' yeah. favourite now. Yeah, well, I oh, remember there was a YouGov poll. Okay, Leadership come. qualities come in a thousand varieties. Nothing that made Johnson a winner applies to Starmer, but that's his strength, a weighty foil to the flippant showman. Because again, you mean we have Hillary, to go back is, to this. Remember when Hillary Clinton was the serious policy hand and she was going to beat Trump? Very the, much so. The flippant showman. Remember that? How that turned out, everybody? Mm. <sighs> I mean, I remember when the Tory leadership process was going on and I was 
I was so fully convinced at the start of it that Johnson wouldn't get it because too much of the party fucking does not rate him and hates him. Whatever the fuck happened in the back rooms there, if you want back rooms called Doggery, probably check that party out. But um like I I was so convinced it wouldn't be him and I was so happy that it wouldn't be him because it would have been the worst possible thing to fucking go up against. Up against Michael Gove, nay bother. That's fine. Yeah. Up against fucking Dominic Rab, I sound like say a three syllable word that he'll fucking crumble. That's all fine. But Boris Johnson is this fucking exact kind of exact kind of thing with Trump. It doesn't matter what you throw because he's just gonna stand there and take it and then bumble out some shite and the press will lap it up. And the press will l- exactly, and it's just like as if this stuff matters and then as if like the now we need an adult in the room which is like the undertone of this whole conversation uh, of this yeah, whole piece yeah. it's just yeah that's that's like, exactly what it is it's I'm that not fucking sure. I don't know unsupervised if, children at play thing yeah I mean like I didn't and plus the other thing which is implied throughout this piece is that Keir Starmer will be a great leader because he will be good at PMQs right that's what's throughout this thing as well Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely the kind of narrative it's going for. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's the sensible grown-up in the room. Yeah, the yeah. Sens- his video. The sensible grown-up who lost the election by like demanding the fucking second referendum thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who changed his yeah. position on Brexit? I think twenty times in two years. So just ugh. shall we skip yeah. to the last two paragraphs because there's a lot of dull stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're skipping about a paragraph and a half, so don't worry, you're not missing out on much if you're uh, a fellow masochist. Um, Frontrunners are at risk. With 12 weeks ahead and some 30 hustings around the country, someone will slip up. Surprises happen. Phillips attracts venom from the left, but her warmth and spontaneity (laughs) may count for more in the boredom of these meeting halls, just as Jeremy Corbyn and Ed Miliband stole surprise victories by speaking better human than their early favoured rivals. The thing is, though... Speaking speaking better human is a fucking sentence. It's coming from a fucking journalist, so I'm not surprised. And also, it's Jess Phillips that's going to do that. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I mean, actual humans are able to slightly more diversify their idea of humans as in have, you know, types of people, perhaps, like the can I speak to the manager type or, you know... <laughs> but do it fucking, with a regional accent, so it's all fine. Yeah, the gobby, the gobby ant, that kind of yeah, stuff. That's, like, a, that's the thing with, with Phillips is her immense popularity with, like, the, the London, like... Um, commentariat mm. is entirely down to her having an accent they don't quite understand like I saw someone yeah, yeah, that's, someone, that's someone where she week. tells it like it is comes from because yeah. she, she says it like you know someone from where she's from would say it yeah someone uh-huh. uh, someone last week described they described her as northern so was it was was that on it was on TV, it was on TV wasn't it, it was something I think Angela Rayner had to correct them because, yeah, like, yeah, because yeah. It's, she's from the Midlands, not the North. But you know, it's like she she talks yeah, like everybody she talks in London. Like, you're, she yeah, talks like one of those up. regional types. She must be from the North. <laughs> oh. mm. Other candidates may suddenly leap up to win over the febrile election traumatized membership. All should be made to answer these questions. Will this, you cleanse this the paragraph? 
Yeah. Will you cleanse the Ogene stables of the McCluskey dominated uh, labour top the, offices? The what, sorry, the what? Aren't they the stables where isn't that from the Hercules? Oh, Gene Stables is one of the labors of Hercules. It's it's essentially a giant stables filled with cow oh. shit. Excellent, right, um, that's good because we're not doing we, we don't like Boris Johnson, but he loves this shit, right? Right. I mean sorry, you're not gonna win over like simple working class folk like myself if you start referencing like French mythology or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, just say shit house. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll get it then. Um, fucking hell. Will you pledge to stand down if you fall into a irrecoverable unpopularity? Will you promise to shoot yourself in the face when we tire of you? What the fuck? to whom? You know, is this like, is Polly fucking Toynbee now the arbiter of what is unpopular and Will you commit to a policy of honourable seppuku? <laughs> if and when we have decided over dinner that, that that me and Nick Cohen have decided that we're bored of you or something like that, it's just yeah, and just what, what the fuck is that? That just it's it's an unbelievably stupid idea. It's um yeah. Will you prove yourself a non-tribal Democrat by backing electoral reform? Horrible phrasing. Good question. <laughs> I mean, electoral reform does fucking badly need to become a thing. Yeah, it but, does. Like, but like, but what does that have to do with with being a non-tribal Democrat? Like, it's just like you have to tie it's those not through about thoughts. results. It's about the process. <sighs> have you the wit, brain, and cunning to neutralise the monstrous attacks every Labour leader faces from Britain's unbridled right-wing press? Hi, Polly. And if you don't have <laughs> If you don't have the wit, brain, and cunning to say "shut the fuck up" on pledging to stand down, then why is that question in there? Like, how can you ask that two questions later? And it's just like, um. have you the the monstrous stacks that ever? They're gonna do that anyway. Like, what are you supposed to be? Some kind of weird that, rhetorical that, that superman? Thing, do you yeah. have the wit, the brain, and the cunning? Makes me think of the fucking Wizard of Oz or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, if you don't, if oh, you don't have it. them, are you prepared to go on a quest to find them? <laughs> it's okay. I've got it. I understand what the question is actually asking. That by have you the wit, brain, and cunning to neutralize the monstrous attacks means are you willing to shift to, to a kind bend. of centre centre right position? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you yeah. willing to make more, uh, you know, limits on immigration mugs? Yes. Are you willing to slide ever rightwards in the in the pursuit of a Murdoch like seal of approval? Yeah. yeah. How far Which, are you willing to turn the dial? As if you're on the dial of racism. Yeah. <laughs> Tories gloating at Labour disarray would get their own jolt of shock treatment on waking to find Starmer at the helm of an opposition back in serious business. Would they absolutely fuck? They'd be <laughs> rubbing their fucking hands with glee. Yep. They, and also, they wouldn't care because, like, they're in charge now and they have a massive majority. It's exactly. Such... All, all that's going to be is a fucking just under five year run up to the. It's going to be the longest edging session that any Tories <laughs> ever fucking taken part in. And it's just, I mean, and all these questions are you take them in a row uh, McCluskey dominated Labour officers. Irrecoverable popularity, non-tribal Democrat. Will you bootlick the press? All these questions are one thing: is will you not be anything remotely close to Jeremy Corbyn or the ideas and ideals that he ever stood for? Will you just be another fucking party hack, you know, former spad 
brainless monster who's willing to go along with the excesses of capitalism and not along while you know we put immigrants in camps and then deport them to, to countries this all that it is and then I, I, <clears throat> okay yeah yeah I mean, label leadership. It's it's going to be fun. We've got until I mean, by the time this episode's out, um, the candidates will be final. It won't be the full list there because some of them don't have enough nominations. Um, so we'll see who is actually in the mix soon. And we, as a podcast, I think, are going to <laughs> we're going to do our own little poll, and we are going to back candidates. Um, as and when they've kind of met the nominations and stuff like that so keep a wee eye out for that and I think we'll leave it there with yeah shall we do a quick article. round I mean yes because- yes let's do some comment or commentary up yeah and just for everybody listening because it's season two of the podcast uh, it's also season two of comment or commentariat so what we're going to try to do from now on is to keep the scores and yes. then at the end of the year, uh, we're going to have, um, you know, the... A special special award for... Um, the Comment Whisperer. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so we shall this time, uh, let's get started. So uh, first time, and I did promise we'd get back to the royal family. Uh, so here we go. Um, this is, of course, about um, Megan and... What's the other one's name again? Harry? Harry. Uh, yeah. Okay. They have trademarked their royal backsides, so they will be able to flog t-shirts, hats, even pajamas. They've also set up a website that PR experts could predict could net one billion in ten years. But worse than all this grasping is their sense of ins- their insensitivity and disrespect for the queen, the monarchy, and the British people, whose love and loyalty they have abused in order to set up an empire. Del Boy would be proud of. Oh. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna say that's commentary. Yeah, that's that definitely uh, definitely felt like commentary to me. Um, and I think I'm gonna go with do the go with the telegraph. I think it's commentary as well. Yeah, commentary from the telegraph. Anybody else want to take a stab at publication? I'm gonna say Daily Express. Yeah, uh, commentary at Daily Express. Um, and fuck it, I'll just punt out a name, uh, Leo McKinstry. <laughs> I'm just going to pick the mail for the sake of picking something else. Uh, it was actually, David is actually correct. It is the Daily Express, and it's Carol Malone. Oh, oh close. Congratulations. All right, um, next round. This is... Um, it, this isn't the thing we didn't quite cover, but J.K. Rowling made some turfy, horrible tweets about people, you know, about trans mm. people that we won't repeat here because it was vile. Um, but this is about her comments. Um, for that beautifully expressed piece of common sense, she was viciously trolled by a mob of vile trans activists. What's clear now is that people who dare to question the ideology of this lobby are publicly vilified, with many receiving rape and death threats. And the grotesque irony is, is that the people lobbying the threats claim they're doing it to protect trans people from being offended. Commentary at the male. Commentary at conservative women. <laughs> Commentary at, oh, I don't know. Um... Uh, it was, you are all correct, it was commentariat, and it was once again Carol Malone writing for The Express. 
Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> a little oh, double hitter for you there. All right. Um, the best thing to do is for moderate MPs and any remaining moderate members to leave Labour and start a new party, one untainted by the hard left. If they act now, they have five years to establish themselves and could easily be the official opposition. All they would need is half the Labour MPs, but it won't happen as Labour members are childishly tribal and prefer to fight amongst themselves and shout mendacious insults from their comfort zone rather than make difficult decisions or take actual responsibility. <laughs> difficult decisions. Um, comment the Guardian. Uh, commentaria the Spectator. Uh, commentaria, and since we haven't had one yet, and I know it's Rob, Conservative Woman. Uh, <laughs> it was actually n- uh, not conservative woman. It was a double pointer for David because it was a comment and it was <laughs> the Guardian. Oh, if only you boys spent this much time in the mines and you'd be this good. <laughs> uh, all right, on to the next one. Uh, this is yes. Here we go. Owen Jones, like most of his tribe, probably lost any interest in girls when one pushed him off his tricycle in the infants. These traumas often have a lasting effect, not only upon them, but much worse, upon those, upon us who are forbidden to cure them with a slap. Oh. That's, that's either a comment or Jeremy Clarkson. You see, um. <laughs> that, that could, I could quite easily believe that that was um, Rod Little, but also had Rod Little, like every time Rod Little fucking does an article like Twitter catches fire with everyone calling him a cunt and rightly so so I believe I would have heard if Rod Little had uh, had attacked Owen Jones so I'm going to go with um, comment that was my dad on Facebook (laughs) comment as well I am going to hit comment and oh we're going to guess we're going to guess the the place aren't we Um, yeah comment BBC News no, BBC Ooh. News wouldn't cover that. Um, comment the mail. Why not? Yeah, comment the Telegraph, I guess. Comment the Express. Yeah, you, you guys are getting really good at this because it was yeah, it was a comment, but it came from my personal favourite. It did come from Conservative Woman. Damn it! <laughs> All right, uh, we'll do one more and then we'll call it quits for the day. Yep. All right, here we go. Patriotism matters, but I'm afraid we don't get to define its basics. They are pride in our country, support for the armed forces, being strong on law and order. The progressive view of patriotism will never be the same as the conservative one. We will add an emphasis on values of tolerance, equality, and a commitment to social justice. But the basics basics can't be absent. I know this. I figured you might know this. (laughs) Did you see it in the minds yourself? Uh... I'm going... BBC comment. I'm. Uh, I'll go commentary at. Um. At let's say the sun. Oh, it's commentary at. I usually get these completely wrong. I want to say it was. Fuck, part of me wants to say it was the Guardian. Um, Guardian and uh, fuck it rental. Ooh, so close. It was commentary at. It was the Guardian, but it was Tony Blair. <laughs> oh fuck it's Tony Blair fuck <laughs> damn oh man oh. that's yeah that's the other reading series we looked at for this week for those of you who want to oh, play yeah. along at home Shit. I knew I recognised that fucking ghoul <laughs> 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 
Right, we'll call it there. Um, so <laughs> you can follow us at PraxisCast. Yeah, why not? Do that. Yeah, follow, follow us on Twitter at PraxisCast and you will be able to find all the cast there. Um, you can follow me at Sanitary Naptime. Uh, you can follow me at Count Arthur. I'm Wizard Cubes. At least until I get banned again. And I'm Bovine of Board. That's uh, Wizard Cubes. Not, not the other word you thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> and that, um, just one last message yeah, for this that, episode that, as well. The other one is that's, you... that's Jamie after dark. <laughs> <laughs> the horny old. Um General Grievous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Don't. Um, if you want to vote in this leadership election, if you don't trust the membership on the left to be motivated enough and you are not a member yet, you have until January the 20th to register yourself as a member and you get a vote in this leadership election. Um, if you're on the left, you think that you, you know, there's a good candidate in there that will do some fucking good for the party, join, vote. All, all, all we're asking. Um, it's it's the only viable vehicle for parliamentary democracy to deliver some sort of left-wing agenda yeah to keep a dream alive and if you want to join to support jess phillips the deadline is february 20th and you can subscribe by (laughs) buying the latest copy of grazia and you actually get more votes the longer the longer you wait yeah if you eat her column in grazia you are a registered labor supporter (laughs) okay um so we will be back um, we'll be back actually fairly soon we are going back to a kind of one episode a week thing but as a special treat for us coming back we have another episode planned where we are going to I'm sorry but we're, we're, we're going to look at Star Wars uh, we're going to do a little a little um, cultural analysis yes very um, and that will be that will be a kind of recurring theme through the year we've got a few things planned we've got a few more guests we're not going to get any details of that just yet but um, a few more guests a few more deep dives and some other types of episode like these um, little dips into popular culture and a, yep. a little analysis of them alright so look forward to that that episode should be with you at the weekend and we will see you again um, if not then then next week yep, yep. we will Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Cheerio.